Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Andrew McCarr, IFL TV in association with MTK Global. I'm here in the Northern Forest City Ground. Mm. With me I've got Eddie Hearn. First lady, how was Vegas? Yeah, it was good. I see your man's, you know, binned it off today. Didn't uh, have the energy. Uh, so been tra- really? Oh, well done, well done. So, so uh, you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Obviously, we didn't get the result we wanted, but it was a great fight, close fight. Um, John Ryder was a, was a big high moment for us. I've seen the fight, yeah. Uh, Espino got a good win as well, so it was a good trip. Learned a lot, obviously being involved with a massive promotion as well, mm-hmm. fight of the year so far, so yeah, it's good and um, I'm looking forward to seeing Danny Jacobs move up to 168 now, I mean, yeah, I think he was boxing at 165 or whatever it was in the amateurs mm-hmm. and that was when he was like 18 and I, I've noticed lately that every fight has got tougher and tougher and that the fight has never really let you, the promoter, know how bad it is mm-hmm. but obviously you know you can <laughs> you can uh, they, they do a good job in keeping it from you a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean like you might say to them the night before how's your weight and they'll go yeah it's all good you know Kelbrook was always a good one mm-hmm. for that yeah he's just got a couple of pounds to go you know but with Danny the Derevchenko fight was tough but this one when he turned up to the weight and it was one of those you know where you look at him and go <laughs> and obviously the 10 pound thing the next day was just impossible mm. for him because it was so hard to make the weight and it's like the harder it is to make the weight the more weight you put on the overnight mm. and the next day um, so I think he's going to be really effective at 168 you know I just think, feel like he doesn't he doesn't quite have the snap in his shots mm. that he will do at 168 I think he's done all he can at middleweight you know he's a two time world champion He's been in the biggest fight available in the division. So I think he's uh, he's going to be a great addition to 168. It's not like he's moving up to an easier division. It's another stacked division. No, so. I mean, it's not quite as glamorous at the moment mm-hmm. because of obviously the, the zone money coming in with Canelo and yeah, Triple yeah. G and Andrade and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you've got Callum Smith, you've got Gilberto Ramirez if he mm-hmm. stays there. Um, he might have Canelo. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'll move there eventually, Canelo. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that fight at 168, you know. Um, but I just, it's not—it's not really just about what fights there. It's about where he can perform the best. Mm. And I think he will be a different fighter at 168 because that extra eight pound will be massive for him. Yeah. Massive. It's a lot of weight, you know, when you're stripping it off trying mm. to get down. And he's a huge guy. Before we talk about the the, the show mm. next gen show on Friday night, I've got to talk about a couple of tweets you sent out last mm. night. A couple of breaking news yeah. stories. Start off with Usyk. Yeah, disappointing, uh, gutted. I mean, uh, it's like someone said to like the replies to my tweet was like, "Mate, it's not going very well for you at the moment. <laughs> all, you, all you get <laughs> is bad fault. news." I know, I know, but it's like 
I'm a bit sick like that because when I get loads of bad news, I get really excited that we're about to hit a really hot spell. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Some people look at it and go, oh, and I'm like, okay, how much more you got for me? Do you know what I mean? Because sooner or later, that's going to be a look it's at gonna, It is, but you can't. There's no point in. I mean, like when we got the Miller news, it was like that was a massive kick in the nuts. Mm. And then obviously the Usyk news last night was another big kick in the nuts uh, two days before. Um, but what can you do? I mean, you actually got to just smile and laugh and say, I can't fucking believe it. But it's a fight fan, I'm not. Yeah, I know, but you just got to say to yourself, well, it's going to get better. Mm. You know, and I always look at it like that. Bad news comes in threes. I think we've had about eight bits of bad news yeah, now. Sure. But, but now I'm just thinking, soon something good's going to happen. That's just the way I look at things when you get bad news. Mm -hmm. I think you get bad news and you get good news. So we're, we're, we're due a hot spell. Um, he tore his bicep. He's not having an operation. So I think, serious, no, I think it's going to be sort of August, something like that. I think it's five weeks till he can start training again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know how it happened or why it happened. You know, obviously he's moving up. He's doing more heavy duty stuff now. He's sparring much bigger, heavier guys. I don't know whether it was lifting or sparring. Probably, you know, heavy mm -hmm. duty sparring yeah. with, with big guys. So, um it's a shame because I was looking forward to that, and now we've got to decide what we do with that show. I was going to ask. You know, yeah, yeah, we we I want to keep the show going because it's got a lot of important fights on there for us. Devin Haney now, particularly mm -hmm. um, Michael Hunter, um, Hergovic. There's a women's unification on the card as well, so I'll probably move it to Vegas um, and let Devin Haney headline in his hometown. Wow. Just do a smaller show, and um, you know. Get, get everybody out and you know fulfill our obligations not ideal but but that's it and I guess the other bit of news you're talking about is well, Luke Campbell and yeah. Vasyl Lomachenko yeah, yeah. Um, sort of mixed emotions on that really um, I mean good news is it's a really good fight yeah. and I, I really feel that I got some stick that I said I believe he can win because I really feel that Luke is one of the few people in the division that can really cause Lomachenko some problems. He's incredibly tall, he's rangy, he's big at the weight, he's a fantastic technical fighter, skilled fighter. He knows Lomachenko inside out from the amateurs, they're both Olympic gold medalists. It is a really good fight. The downside with it, in my opinion, is that it was the wrong decision from the WBC. Because, you know, I saw like Ron Lewis tweeted today saying, oh, I don't know all this stick the WBC are getting. All they're doing is putting the best fighter in the world in with the mandatory changes. Yeah, yeah. But what about all the other people two, that have been working yeah. up, uh, not just Devin Haney, but Abdullayev, yeah, who's yeah. number two? Yeah, I'm not saying that, oh, I'm not sulking because Devin Haney didn't get the shot. I'm just saying that the whole point in working your way up a governing body. Um, challenging for defending minor, for minor titles, paying sanction fees, you know, being loyal to one governing body is that when a title frees up, it goes down the rankings yeah. and you get your shot. So if I'm Abdullayev and I've, I've won the silver title and I've defended it a couple of times, I'm thinking this is great because Mikey Garcia is vacated, it's Luke Campbell v me. That's the rules of the WBC, the first two available yeah. fighters. What's worse than that? is that another rule of the WBC is if there's a vacant title, the winner must fight two mandatories. Well, now they've done this semi-final elimination thing between Haney and Abdullayev, which was an el eliminator that was already ordered, and now Fortuna against Teofimo Lopez, who's actually taking another fight anyway. Mm. But where's Fortuna come from? Like, it should just be Haney v Abdullayev 
for the mandatory. Yeah, away, yeah, but so it's a mess. To be honest, I seen Teofimo Lopez's tweet today. Says I ain't. Well, he's pissed off because yeah, he yeah. was told that he'd be getting Richard Comey. Mm-hmm. Now they're saying that Beltran's fighting Richard Comey, and he also wanted to fight Lomachenko. So I think Teofimo Lopez is saying, "Well, I've been told that I was going to get Lomachenko or Comey, and it looks like I'm getting none of them." So um, it's a crazy. Story. I, I completely understand mm-hmm. why the WBC have done it because they want Lomachenko as their champion. Yeah. It's like. I understand that, but I just don't think it's fair for the others. But sometimes it should be on the other foot. And one day, uh, you know, if the heavyweight WBC championship come available, I'm sure they'd allow Joshua to fight the mandatory for that title. But would they allow uh, Richard Comey to fight for the vacant WBC world title against Luke Campbell? Absolutely not. Yeah. So. You know, I, I guess it spins in roundabouts. I just felt they should go down the rankings, really. Yeah. yeah I mean, what, what has Lomachenko done? I say, what has he done to deserve a WBC shot? But, you know, he's just won a couple of other... Gov- and then just strolled he, straight he in. Ranked, it won't be ranked, because yeah. you're not ranked if you're a champion with another governing yeah, exactly. body. But, you know... I want to get slotted on Twitter for this, but I've got to ask. Is yeah. Campbell Lomachenko pay-per-view? Yes. 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 If in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be. It's I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, it's only pay-per-view if it's in the UK, mm. and it has to be. You know, the fight's going to cost a couple of million quid, more, three million quid, four million. You can't do it if it ain't on pay-per-view. It needs to have a really, really good card. Um, but I also think it's a really good fight. I think Luke Campbell's in the form of his life. I think Shane McGuigan's done a great job, and we're coming to win that fight. You know, it's not. And again, in the UK, especially we're coming to win that fight. Mm. And it's a really tough fight. And Lomachenko is pound for pound, top three or, or one. Mm. But we are, that's not a fight that Luke Campbell is taking for money. That's a fight that Luke Campbell is coming to win. So, you know, the, the big decision for us is, if it is in England, you know, we have a situation where, again, this is another part of, of the, the order, is mm. what's the split? Well, there can only be one split. It's 50-50. 50-50. You can't have a guy come in and have a champion split as if he's WBC champion. Has to be 50-50. So the problem I have now is probably DAZN saying to me, well, we'd like that fight in the US. So let's bid for that fight in purse bids. Where me saying, I'd quite like it in the UK. I'd love to bring Lomachenko to the UK. And I think Luke's got a better chance in the UK. He wants to come to He does, no, he does, he does. Mm. So providing we can make a sensible deal, we'll do that fight in the UK. Um, but again, the split's going to be interesting on that. So, but it would need a really big card to be pay-per-view, and we have to decide whether we go O2 or Hull, the KC Stadium. I mean, we do thirty thousand there at the KC Stadium. I don't think Lomachenko would be. I don't think he knows where Hull is, but I don't. I don't think he's that bothered about you know where where we'd go. Um, but it's a really good fight, and I want it for August. You know, end of August. So well, if it's going to be in the case here, I think a summertime show. Yeah, be yeah. Thing. But okay, let's talk about the next gen show then. Yeah. This Friday night, a yeah. good card. I looked at. It is. Card I, up and I mean, down. these shows are really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, we get listen, we get a stick, whatever we do. Do you know what I mean? But what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring fighters through, give them exposure, give them the championship experience of headlining cards or being right up there on the yeah. bill, where ultimately they wouldn't normally so guys like Lee Wood guys like uh, Jordan Gill they're headlining or co-main event and on a big show or a big pay-per-view show they might be on at six seven o'clock you know without that sort of real feel of pressure yeah yeah. so it's all about molding these guys and 
the one thing I'm learning about doing all these shows all around the world is there's a lot of talent out there, like a lot. I mean, obviously, boxing's booming in the UK, but America is a huge country with so much talent, not just Americans, but fighters coming out of the Eastern European bloc. So our guys, you know, they've got to be super good, super good. And this card, you're seeing two pro debuts, Dalton Smith and Charles Frankham, yep. two outstanding amateurs mm -hmm. that start their journey. Raymond Ford was one of the top amateurs in the US. That, yeah. Because you said about Jordan Gill and Lee Wood yeah. coming headlining the shows, but it's a good opportunity for the US matching fighters to yeah. not just fight in the US, yeah. but to come across the UK and sample the, the UK it fans. It is, and, and also like the UK fans are so passionate. Like mm -hmm. I can't tell you, every US fighter I've got goes, ah. Oh, you wouldn't believe the love I get from the UK. I seen yeah, Haney, yeah, yeah, Devin Haney, uh, Ray Ford, especially Anthony Sims Jr. Obviously, yeah. but everyone that we're signing from the US, obviously, we're bringing some UK fight fans to their journey, yeah. and they're, they're loving it. Like Ray, Ray Ford's here. You know, he's out of Camden, New Jersey. I mean, it's a pretty rough place. <laughs> like he's he's here, and he's he can't believe that he's getting the opportunity to fight in the UK. <laughs> Just like one of our young kids would would feel that way if we took him to America. So. You know, Jordan Gill is coming through as one of those guys. You know, the whole point of Next Gen is to basically graduate to the big Saturday night fight nights. And I think Jordan Gill is one of those guys that a good win on Saturday, and you can start talking about him headlining in the new season from September. Yep. In a big fight, European title fight, world title eliminator, that kind of thing. Um, he's looking like an outstanding prospect. Lee Wood's a really good story. Lee Wood has been a talent for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Um, always had huge support in Nottingham and now has the Commonwealth title good fight against Ryan Doyle who's sort of been I say a gatekeeper but beat Reese Bellotti yeah, stopped yeah. him and then lost to Jordan Gill himself in a good fight so that's going to tell us where Lee Wood's at um, and it's good to be back in Nottingham because we haven't been here for I think six or seven years since Frotch Frotch will be there on Friday of course oh, and he'll tell us about the last time <laughs> yeah. he was there um but Wood has a chance to do something in Nottingham. I mean, we should have come here. Mm, I'll you tell know, you sure. Yeah, I mean, I was actually looking around, thinking how gutted I was that we never came here because we talked about yeah. it a lot with Kessler and you know fights like that. What so, does it hold then? Uh, I think it's about because you have ground seats, sort of thirty thousand, something yeah, like that, yeah. but, or, or sort of high twenty thousands. But then you'd have the pitch as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, Lee Wood's got. A, there's no, there's no marquee fighters in Nottingham, mm. and Lee Wood has got massive support, and he has a chance to actually do something in Nottingham with a good win, and it's a good domestic fight. Um, elsewhere on the bill, you've got Fabio Wardley, who's yeah. a really Another good emerging, yeah, yeah, emerging heavyweight coming through. You've got Chris Billum Smith, mm -hmm. who's warming up for a great yeah. fight with Richard Riakpor. Um, who else? We've got Terry Harper, yep. who, who's coming through as one of the top female fighters. In the lightweight division. Yep, same as yeah, exactly. Taylor. She's yep. looking at all those those kind of fights. Um, who I'm else trying to we think got? as well now. Um, we have got uh, Stephen Smith. Stephen is on Smith, the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a comeback fight. He's, comeback yeah, fight. Yeah, he's yeah. not quite next gen. Yeah. He's not quite next gen. <laughs> he looks like we, he's got a baby face. Yeah, we thing. needed to get him out because I'm trying to do Stephen Smith against Martin J. Ward, and we'll look Good to friend. do that in the summer. Uh, probably in July um, yeah so I'm sure we've good missed card. someone out but yeah it's, it's a good card it's Friday night boxing mm. and again it's just a chance to just bring these fighters through to the main 
big slots on Saturday Night Fight Night, and, and both these guys can do it. Good stuff. Well, I've got to pick up something that intrigued me when you're yeah. down in Vegas when, at the press conference. You said that you'd love to do a card. Golden Boy versus yeah. Matchroom yeah. Boxing. How serious can that happen? Really that serious, like because look, we're, we're both in the same boat in that we're um, we're with Design, mm -hmm. right? In in the US, and in America, no one really trusts anyone. <laughs> so, but we're on the same team. But it's still taking a few months for them to actually realise we're really guy. straight. <laughs> yeah, like we don't. Um, we're not here to pull strings. Like, yeah. so at first, like, yeah, yeah great to be working together mm. yeah. and now it's like we did a great job together on Jacobs Canelo and we look at our fighters and what we can do together and there's so much that we can do and obviously Oscar De La Hoya is a, is a major um, name and face mm -hmm. so I like the idea of going up against him we're all very competitive so you know you've got Matrim and then you've got Oscar and you've got Bernard Hopkins and people like that so but when you start stripping it down and looking at the fights I mean it's endless you know, Jamie Mungia against Jesse Vargas is a mm -hmm. fight that we want to make. Jojo Diaz against Tevin Farmer, our guy. Um, Ray Vargas against Danny Roman. That's a three-belt unification fight. Jordan Gill just put one out for you. Yeah, who's that? Uh, the, the I forgot his name. The oh, team. yeah, Kanzu. Kanzu yeah, against yeah. Uh, Jordan Gill. Um, Ryan Garcia mm -hmm. against Martin J. Ward. We're trying to look mm -hmm. at that fight as well. Um, you've got... Uh, I mean, it's just it's never-ending. So everywhere, yeah, yeah, so that's something that we're really looking at, and I think we'll get that for the new season. Um, and we're also looking at sort of spin-off shows with the zone, like documentaries and almost like inside the camp contender yeah. style Matrim v Golden Boy, and it's really, really interesting. That, that stuff. really, really piqued my interest. I, yeah, I, was I just think that's what boxing needs, you mm -hmm. know. But your best in your stable against the best in someone else's. There's a few world titles on the line and everything. Yeah, but that's to show really that the politics of boxing. Obviously, we're on the same platform, so it is easier. But it's a good promotion for the sport of boxing mm -hmm. to say, look, there's two promotional companies. They're sticking all their best guys in together, and that's what we want. You know, I want to beat. I want to beat all Golden Boys guys, mm -hmm. and it would be interesting programming. It would be a fun series because we'd want, we'd both want to win so bad. And you know, you get Oscar prepping his fighters, us going into the camps and you know, maybe we have some kind of big financial bonuses for the winning team and stuff like that. I no, don't know. But, yeah, but it's it's got legs and does own love it, so something we're working on. Finally, uh Bernard Hopkins came over to you and gave you the high praise yeah. and stuff like that. But you mentioned Another thing that intrigued me as well, we mentioned that pay-per-view is dead. Mm. Where does that sit in the UK market when he I says think, something like that? I think it's, it's difficult for me to, you know, the Zone's moniker is mm. pay-per-view is dead. There has to be a clear understanding of the difference between pay-per-view in the US and pay-per-view in the UK. The price point. Pay-per-view in the US is between 80 and $100 mm -hmm. a night. Yeah. We are $25. So if pay-per-view in the US was $25, it would be huge. Yeah. But it's not. So I can't come out, it's hard for me to come out and say, pay-per-view is dead, because I do pay-per-view events in the UK. What I want to say is pay-per-view events with that price point are completely dead, in my opinion. You've just had Jacobs Canelo, and and the zone will release some stuff in the next sort of I think week or so mm -hmm. on viewing numbers and stuff like that because it's mad like the intrigue in America. It's like yeah. why don't the zone release their numbers? It's hard, I don't know. I'm not the zone. Like, <laughs> well, I'm selling up there. So like, no, no, they just they don't do that. So mm. I think now because it was so successful, they they had so many subscribers on Saturday. Now they've got a, a big big subscriber base. 
it's time to sort of come out and say, right, this is what's happening. So, but when you look at um, the price point of the zone, for example, Jacob's Canelo would have been ninety to hundred dollars mm-hmm. on HBO pay per view. It's ninety nine dollars on the zone for the entire okay. year. So you've just had Jacob's Canelo. You've got. Joshua coming up mm-hmm. uh, on June 1. Got Golovkin the week after. You've got all our content in summer, but then you've got Canelo Golovkin mm-hmm. in September. Yeah. Then you've got Joshua's next fight. Then you've got Usyk be someone. Then you've got, you know, so like if you were buying the worst way scenarios, you're probably going to save yourself four pay per views a year, which is like $380. But now people who have paid their annual pass of $99. Have just got 12 months worth of content mm-hmm. on the zone. So, at what point are pay per views on other platforms going to go and the fans going to go $90 for a night? Yeah, yeah. It's 75 quid. I mean, it's a lot of money. You I mean, I get struck. Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, I know. But, yeah, but we're, we're really saying that as 20, it's 19.99 for a pay per view here. So the max we'll do in a year probably is five. Mm-hmm. So it's probably going to cost you hundred quid a year in, in extra pay-per-view nights. Mm-hmm. Now pay, that's fine if they're delivering, <coughs> and we've been lucky. Touch wood. Really no, that's with that. yes, with yeah. <laughs> Where every pay-per-view we've done probably in the last two years, two or three years, we haven't had any stick for at the end of it. You know. Oh come. So yeah, no, <laughs> but we've got to be careful. You have to, you know, it's a big gamble for us every time we do a pay per view. People don't really realise that. Not just a gamble with the numbers, mm-hmm. but a gamble to make sure that you enjoy it as fans. Because the worst thing that could happen to us is to do a shit pay per view, where you turn around at the end of it and go, "That was a fuck. That was a complete waste of money." Mm-hmm. I really feel for nineteen pound ninety five. That's tough to do because. You go out and Starbucks and spend fifteen quid with a couple of coffees and a, you know, croissant. Yeah, or whatever, exactly. Yeah. So, but we're always under pressure. That is probably the least enjoyable thing for me in a pay per view. Is the, the not just the nerves of the numbers, but the nerves of the response because it matters more than any other show when you're asking people to pay extra. Mm-hmm. You know, don't forget if you're a Sky customer, and, and the same applies to Sky. You know, they're asking you to pay more, we're asking you to pay more, so we have to deliver the quality. Yeah. It's very important that at the end of the night on a pay-per-view, you turn off your remote control and you go, that was a good show, enjoyed that. Fair play. It's like a film. Mm. You know, if you go and purchase a film on Netflix or on uh, on Sky Store, if it's shit, you say it was a fucking waste of money, can't believe I bought that. Yeah, yeah. But if it's a great film, you don't even think about the money. So we have to... We're content providers, and our content has to be superior to anybody else's, and you know, that's why we want to stack the cards. We want to make sure, you know, when you talk about Lomachenko against Campbell, is it a pay per view? Yes, I believe it is, with a big card. White against Rivas, yes, with a big card. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, we need to make sure that from top to bottom, and that's a big difference as well in America. They don't really tend to worry about the card mm-hmm. on a pay per view. You know, yeah. and I think that's something they've got to be careful of as well. I think the last three pay-per-views, certainly two pay-per-views on Showtime, no, sorry, Fox and Showtime, the away fighter or the B-side fighter didn't win one round in the entire card. I think either the Pacquiao Broner, I think Broner won a round yeah. or two, but particularly on the Garcia Spence card, the away fighter didn't win one round in the entire show. And they've got to be careful of that, you know. Yeah. I think the men- the mentality is very different. 
I'm seeing that promoters don't really invest that much in the undercard in the US and I think that's a mistake because I think it's not educating the fans enough and they don't really know when to turn up the next no we want yeah. like we're finding now in our shows in the UK people are turning up on the button and sitting there to watch all the fights yep. which is great and they know all the fighters they know who's on the card in America they sort of turn up and just wait for the main event and don't really realise who, who's on, on beneath but well I think the press conference is about okay, to start mate. but before people wonder yeah. why you're looking up at me yeah, I'm not, know, say, yeah, I'm not six foot eight I know, I know. I'm, makes two, change, I'm two foot step makes which is change, good, yeah. nice and easy for me right Eddie thanks for this okay, TV Cheers. catch you soon thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global Sports Social Podcast Network